or uh, ca Capio ca Cassiopa the, on the left. Uh, she was manager there for a while too. Did it matter where we sat? We weren't sure. Yeah, we didn't see nope. we didn't see nope. seed assignments or anything, so we nope. figured, well, we'll just sit. I claimed this one, but for no particular reason. Okay. Just because I saw it. All right, what's the agenda here, gentlemen? Yes, exactly. Well, Tell me about podcasts. I am I know nothing. Yeah, I know really what either. it is, but I never done one, so well, I have no idea. It's, it's we like, have to spell. <laughs> oh God! I hope I there's no not. arithmetic. Me too. Oh, I'd be screwed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I draw well, ask the teacher. <laughs> I draw cartoons. I don't do math. I, I I was literally thinking this morning about, I remember when I was in sixth grade telling my teacher that I didn't want to do my math because I'm not going to be a mathematician. I'm going to be a cartoonist. It's like, ugh, God, shut up, kid. Ugh. <laughs> a little sh yeah. So, uh, yeah, what's a podcast? Well, um, it's like a, it's like radio on the internet. That's I think that's uh, that's a radio up. on the internet. Okay, basically, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that they let us be on. Yeah, they well, let, oh. because yeah, because no one can stop us. Okay, and it's <laughs> it's all it's that's all true. verbal. There's no visual because yeah, I worked I'm, really hard today to look my best. No one can. We'll we'll, we'll have to get a group photo afterwards. Well, wow, this is pretty special. We haven't been here very together special. like this in years. People have called me that for a long time. <laughs> very special. He's very special. <laughs> <laughs> How long you do you are. think it's been since the three of you have been in, in the oh, same room? It's oh, been good question. A long time. It's I, been a while. A decade, well, maybe? Yeah, well, Ben Paddle. Oh, yeah, yeah. That we wasn't that long ago. That was a few years ago. A few years ago, we okay. were at Ben Paddle. Yes, we were. Hmm. Yeah. I like that a few years sometimes can be like five or ten. <laughs> it, it can. <laughs> <Enough>. <laughs> a few, like, a few no. gives you a, a much wider oh, yeah, know, there's range COVID of possibilities. And, uh... <laughs> uh, people ask me, well, how long has it been since you have jitters and... I'd, I'd say, like, oh, maybe six years, and I did the math on it today, and it's like nine years. Uh -oh. oh, my God. So it's been almost a decade, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember coming in town. I was so bereft, uh, finding out that it was, I don't even remember the name of that place anyways. I probably shouldn't mention it anyways, but it uh, it wasn't jitters anymore. That's how I discovered that there, you, you weren't there. Because oh. I, I could always just stop in and think, oh, I'll just stop in. Oh. I had my two priorities. I'll stop into jitters and, uh, you know, oh. Jason's. and. Oh. Yeah. How long ago was this that you just I thought know, you were going to stop in and see me? Yeah, it was probably, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't remember. Well, that's how I more discovered that. Oh, you, that you stopped in and yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah, that it was. Because that would have still been during the reign of, I forget her name, Kat, Katina, Katrina. Uh, it was the owner of the building's daughter and her husband, uh, that, Logan. Yeah, that had, that that had some kind took of. took over the coffee shop yeah the big house the big house. the big house yes. that's what it was yeah and now we it's dream cloud now it's dream cloud. oh dream cloud yeah what's dream cloud uh it's it actually it's a really great coffee house and i was going to try to get charlie house? to come because this whole podcast was kind of about jitters and the start of my coffee life right. and uh our wacky friendship and crazy travels it's like a jason's prequel stories. Yeah. And he was amazed to find out, my God, there is life after jitters. <laughs> That's right. There is life after jitters. Wow. Oh, wow. I know. You're living proof of it, Gear. Yeah. yeah. So that, but what about life before jitters? Because I feel like ah, wanting to a good open a coffee shop. Oh. I, I mean, a few people want yeah. to. I, I mean, I guess you, you, Jason, wanted to. My partner Molly wants to at some point. So okay. it's like it's not like uncommon, obviously. But no. So, but what what led you to wanting to do that in the first place? Ooh, long story <laughs> here. I prior to moving to Duluth, I lived in uh, Ely, 
and then Virginia. I managed a Sherwin-Williams store in Virginia, and I met online what I thought was going to be my future husband. So I was trying to get a transfer from the Sherwin-Williams store in Virginia to Duluth, but there's only like maybe six people in each store, so it's hard to get a transfer as a manager. So then, what's his name? I'm sorry, he didn't mean to say his name. Look at it, it's all right. Delete, delete. Uh, he said, you know, when I couldn't get a transfer, then I tried to get some other jobs that were relevant to my occupation at that time. Nothing was working out. He said, why don't you start your own business? So we brainstormed, and that's how the concept of jitters came about. Because at that time, there was very little downtown well, for there's, there's coffee shops. There was nothing other than Kelly's. Well, there, there was recall. Kelly's, and then where Browser's was, that was <laughs> that a little... Really the refinery. Count. The refinery <laughs> and, and, the ur- and the urban ground. Oh, the urban ground. But the oh, urban ground. Yeah, even yeah, yeah. the urban ground like went up in smoke, and then that weird Browser's with uh, crazy... Well, yes, anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... I just that's remember when he started coming in jitters, and I was like, wow, this guy is really... <laughs> You know, well, yeah, that was a very interesting time. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it was essentially just uh, yep. Kelly's Coffee. Yeah, it was. And, you know, yeah. and they were kind of a, a – well, they did a lot of uh, uh, selling of beans and, That's true, and yeah. gifty things and yeah. stuff like that. They didn't really even have – I no. don't think it was to go. I think it, it was to go. Coffee there were, only. Uh, to be fair, there were a few tables. Were there off okay. of the off of the side or off of the skyway? You could take a left there, just past where the store was, and there was a little nook there you could sit oh. down. And I, I randomly I, ended up with some of their old equipment at an estate. Oh, sale. you did really? I, it, oh. I didn't know where it came oh, from, yeah. and I bought this old deeding grinder and a oh. and a little espresso machine oh. backup, and yeah. there on the side is all Kelly's oh, stickers. Wow. I'm like. That's from wow. Kelly's Coffee. They, wow. Obviously, wow. it's yeah, been sitting somewhere for a long time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I actually really enjoy Kelly's. Yeah. And then I, I, yeah. I can't remember their names. I, was, no, I the, called the her old... the ice lady because she wasn't very <laughs> friendly. <laughs> she was not friendly at all. Uh, yeah. And her husband was quite meek but very nice. He was a really nice guy. But she, I, I re- talked to him a few times, but she was like, yeah, trying to get Joan <sighs> Baez to smile, you know, in the 60s. It just it wasn't a fucking family. You know, that's the, she's gotten a lot smiler in her old age, but you know, not, <laughs> things are a lot more serious uh, under Nixon than you know. They were. <laughs> I don't blame her because I remember going up there when I was deconstructing the future location of Jitters, and I didn't want to tell them who I was, what I was doing, because I figured they might poison my latte, <laughs> and so I just kind of kept it on the QT, <laughs> you know, until it was already up and running, and. Uh, but getting back to my story, so I, I moved to Duluth. It would have been Memorial Weekend, 1997. And prior to that time, my ex, well, very well-connected person in this town, we started scoping out locations. I wanted to be in Canal Park. That was my first place that I wanted to be for obvious reasons. Yeah. And what used to, uh, what's there now? The convenience store and the DQ. Oh, right. The gas station. Oh. That was a, there was a photograph Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Photography yeah, there was. business there at that time. Yeah. And that was, I thought, that would have been perfect. Yeah. But it wasn't for rent. So anyways, started looking downtown, looked at several locations downtown. My ex knew the owner of the building that Jitters was in at that time oh. and was able to actually secure a pretty sweet lease. So did the lease, worked on it from when I first moved down, May of 97. It opened up, I think his opening date was September 22nd. Uh, that year, that uh, 1997. Right. Yeah, so we we opened it, we started there, and I was yep. back by September, so yeah, it must yep. have been. 
Were you coming back from Alaska? Yeah, I was. Yes. <laughs> oh, I yeah, that's right. When I got back from, yeah, oh, God. yeah. Where yeah. haven't you been? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good. That's a good question. Where haven't yeah, you been? Exactly. No, I've been. I, there's a lot of places I haven't been. I've never been to Mexico. What? Oh, and all the places I've been, I've <laughs> never been to Mexico. What were you just telling me upstairs about getting some records out of Mexico or something like that? About... Uh, that's for my my teaching certificate in New oh. Mexico. But oh, yeah. New Mexico. Yeah. I thought. Oh, well, I, you know, I had the same confusion earlier when Jason and I were talking. Oh, I started talking yeah. about you know regular Mexico, mm-hmm. and he said, "No, no, no, yeah. New Mexico." Yeah, not old Mexico. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Wow. oh. Wow. Yeah, no, I've never been to Mexico. It's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, part, I, parts I, of it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, during the daylight. It's safer. It just depends on where you go. It does. It all depends. It, is, it does. It yeah. totally does. But yeah, I just got back from Alaska, and I remember that, and I was looking for work, and I saw that that coffee shop, someone had mentioned that it, there's a new place that had opened, I remember. So I thought- I'd... I was waiting- for the day it opened, every day I'd go by. Oh, yeah. oh. I was like working at Finger paper Hut and the paper yeah, still up. Finger Hut, Finger Hut, work. and working at Magic Carpet Mart up the street across oh, from Chum. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, for three God. years. I yeah, you were working that. at Magic uh, Carpet. That's how I first met him because he'd come in with Anne for coffee after they had worked. Or after huh? she worked you know, at Ace Hardware. And she worked and, at Ace Hardware. Oh, yeah. downtown. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So every day I'd just like w- walk by. It's like, when are they going to open? <laughs> that was like every day. I'm sure I was there the first day you opened. Yeah, I wouldn't. Probably. I wouldn't and then I'm like, who can I kill to get a job here? The <laughs> <laughs> <We> order. <laughs> I'll buy the place then. <laughs> oh, man. Good times there. Yeah. A lot of memories. A lot of good times. Oh, yeah. A lot of hard times. You know, um, Passing of Jeremy. I remember Jeremy. Uh, oh, what? Jeremy? Pa- yeah. I, I don't remember that. Yeah. Was that? That must, that must have been after I left. It was. Uh, I can't remember. 2000? You weren't there either, but do you remember? I know about it. Yeah, yeah. okay. No, I didn't yeah. I didn't even. I guess I never even knew he passed. Yeah. Had a, a wedding there. Oh, you did. Tracy and Shane Robertson got married at Jitters. We had a baby, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had yeah. A baby shower there. We had a celebration of life there. Oh. Um, yeah, so it was more... Wow, it Tracy. wasn't just a coffee shop. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it it was a great. Tracy little pops community. in here once in a while. Does she? She works out in West Duluth. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah. We had some good regulars there. It's definitely. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we nice. did. Jake Peters, one of my best friends. Jake? He just to sit with um, Paula, 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 Paula. They all sat at the. Uh, they all sat at the bar. They all came in there almost every day in the morning, I'm trying to think it how to get you to remember who they are. But, yeah, right. Um, I, I, just, I never yeah. remember names that well. Yeah, for, faces you would. Yeah, I'm faces sure. I would, yeah. Yeah. Just long before social media, if only we had. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. If only. Yes. Well, going, going back to the outfits. Yeah. When So mm. Julie left, and I finally got a job there. <laughs> you, yes, you did. And I got her shirts. Yes, I don't know why did. we were the same size. So I got the fuchsia tuck shirt <laughs> yeah, with the, the Paisley bow tie yep. and, and the black vest. Yeah. And then <laughs> and I, black I, slacks. And black slacks, which I had to go get some. And then I was curious, how did we end up on the cover of Women's Magazine? I'm sure they just approached you. know, I'll be honest. I don't really remember. I would just assume because they were and maybe still are located downtown. Their publishing office or something. Oh yeah, the women's oh, okay. women's magazine in Duluth. I don't know. It could be. I'm sure they just approached me. I mean, I don't know. Beyond that, I haven't a clue. <laughs> it's like a bunch of priests. Why do you want to know that? <laughs> I would, I just I, I I always think about that. I want that. I want to find a copy of that. I'll I'll, have I'll our, look. 
all of our paisley bow ties on the cover of women's magazine yeah. i've got a plastic bin in the basement full of jitters memorabilia wow. and if it's anywhere it's in there and i know exactly where that bin is all right but uh that, there's that's... some of the original coffee mugs with the Whoa. the classy looking ones with the um the glass stem, ones? The, yeah the glass yeah, ones look... with the stencil like it yes. looked like frosted but like oh, etched I'd you know on those. it i have to buy one i've got have... I've only got one. I've only got oh, one of those. Only one left. And so that's I hope you got bit. some money. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's a collector's know, edition. Check, uh, check eBay. You know, it'll, it'll, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you moved back from Alaska, that's when you were fishing up there. Yes, it was. And I, it took me months to get that smell off me. I, I know. Left a lot you ended up living house. in my place. <laughs> I left a lot of it in Jason's. <laughs> no, you were. Were you fishing commercially? Yeah, oh. yeah I was at a purse saner. Yeah, in uh, Kodiak Island, for salmon? somebody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Somebody just convinced me. You know. Oh, it's you know. I as one of those young men that was really driven by you know the gold rush complex. I call it. You know? <laughs> hey, I can make you know I could make twenty thousand dollars in three months, and you know. <laughs> Take take the year take a year or two off. Uh, smell uh, like smoked fish for four. Yeah, okay. Smell like full smoked fish for four of that. Of course, it turns out that was not the case. What was I, the reality of this? Thing? Yeah, the reality was you get up there, and that was '97, and already all of the all of the the canneries, and then the tender boats, the boats that actually like take the boat share and then distributes that to a cannery, so they come and take all your stuff off there. They they were being bought up by the Japanese at the time. Uh huh. Yeah, and then uh, they they it, which for whatever reason had driven down the the price of of sockeye salmon. So when I got there for the sockeye run and then got on this boat, you know, because I mean I just had to walk the docks. I had no experience, but they're like, oh, if you go to Kodiak Island, you'll get hired within you know a couple of hours. And I was, I, I and I had a great, you know, <laughs> great job with this really nice guy uh, Bob from Ashland, Oregon. He had a nice a big fifty foot purse saner the net and the boom in the back you know it was just a four four person crew out of dog harbor and so we got the boat already you know chipped it you know clean the hull, all that stuff right mended the nets if we needed to got all that stuff ready and then i don't know that was like a two two weeks or so and then we were ready to go because on the day that they that fish and game you know does the whatever the signal for fishermen to go out it, you know once they do that it's like off the races it's like a starting gun yeah. everyone leaves the harbor at the same set. time you know and it's just a bunch of crazy people who well are essentially pirates that are you know pirates. licensed by <laughs> the state I, I, of alaska I, yeah i mean some of these guys are just yeah. you know you you're always warned you know don't get on a boat with a screamer you know if, if he's a screamer he's probably going to be worse out at sea a screamer. Like, well, yeah a screamer a person who just screams when they're angry oh <laughs> It's what I it just, sounds like. Okay. That's not rather common sense. You know, I, I wasn't the type of person that, well, gee, you know, he seems like a decent guy. He's a screamer. I, I think I'll join this crew. You know? <laughs> He's screaming some sense. Yeah, it's good trade. But this Bob was a great guy. You know, he loved the Grateful Dead. He'd always play the tunes and are working on the boat. You know, just a really neat guy. And then once, once it got to start day, you know, it was like the night before everyone's ready. There's all this tension in the harbor. I mean, Dog, Dog Bay outside of, like, Dutch Harbor is the biggest commercial fishing okay. venue in all in the whole state, right? And that's saying something. So it's second biggest to Dutch Harbor. Dutch Harbor's got, like, a commercial fleet of, like, 4,000 or something. And a lot of that's crabbing, though, to be fair. But Kodiak used to be a big crabbing center, too. But by the time we got there, crabs are all fished out. So it was all sockeye. And then the night before, everyone's all excited to get going. And then we get news, like... Oh, 
the per saners unions going on strike because the Japanese are only offering a buck twenty-five a pound on sockeye salmon. So all of a sudden, there's all this tension in the harbor. Then there's like gunfire going off, and we're <laughs> oh sleeping at night. And some guy was drunk and rammed our boat, and they had to call the harbor master. And they're chasing the sky around the harbor <laughs> trying to catch them. It's like Jesus. This is exciting. So- oh yeah, it's it was nuts. So finally, they did let us go, and I remember that. You know, but by that point, all, all the you know, whatever the migrations of fish weren't in the spots they were. So we had to go way the hell around the island to a place called Bumble Bay, which is if you if you're on Kodiak, you're on like the east side of the island, way out in the middle of, you know, the Pacific and you have to take the boat and go out to Bumble Bay on the other side, which is basically getting on the edge of the like the what's the of the Bering not quite the Bering Sea, but it's close. It's off the okay. Gulf getting into the Aleutian Islands. It was like a fifteen hour boat ride to get out there. So and Whoa. I mean big in big water, right? Because you're the Shelikov Straits is just like that little strip between Kodiak Island and the peninsula yeah. and there's nothing out there. So it's just yeah. big fifteen foot rollers, you know, for how many hours? So is that the area that I see every once in a while on TV where they it's, it's a show called uh, Something's Deadliest Catch? Yeah, Deadliest Catch. Yeah, you know? Deadliest Catch is way further out on oh, Dutch. That's on okay. Dutch. Yeah, so Dutch okay. is where all that 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 madness occurs. And I was warned then. I'm like, I, I they're like, oh, I could go to Dutch or whatever. They're like, well, it's a lot more expensive to get out there, and there's really crazy people out there. So there was more meth and coke than there out in Dutch, and there wasn't no way Kodiak, and there's plenty in Kodiak. So I can't imagine what it's like out there. Because no, that's, that's what they do. You know, those guys work you know 20 hour days. What do you get up? You know, so a lot do? of those guys are just yeah, and of course it's light Strung all the time. Out. Yeah. So question. Yeah. If you were to go back and do it all over again, would you? Oh, would I do commercial fishing? You know, I had an opportunity to do, I got my my Z card through the Coast Guard to go on the big boats out here, but that didn't, I don't know why, I was getting impatient, and then, you know, someone convinced me to go up there. So if I could do it again, I'd probably, I'd love to just try working on the boats, you know, okay. just on the big ore boats here. That was something I'd always wanted to do. Yeah. Well, probably a lot safer here on the ore boat than it would have been on. <laughs> Maybe. You know, that's true, yeah. Unless yeah, you're on I the Edmonds Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's true. Yeah, good point. Oh, no. Yeah. She likes to eat, eat boats. Yeah. yeah. She yes, yeah. yes she yeah. does. Right. Yes, right. she does, for yeah. sure. No, it, w- it was great. I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. All the, all the hopeless alcoholics and manic depressants I met up there, I wouldn't trade that for anything. <laughs> Was it worse than is it Island of Gamble or what was that? Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't Gamble, that's for sure. But it inspired me to come back because the, then I knew I'd, I'd had the you know hook put in me, and I'm like, I want to go back, but I want to work in forestry or something. That's when I got into firefighting because I'm like, hey, if I could work up there, that would be a that'd be a great job. And that yeah. was a great job. Where'd you work in forest fire? Then? Uh, well, I, I worked originally in the Seward District up in the Kenai Peninsula. They have one little. One little fire engine, and at the time before all this, before global warming was an official idea, people didn't realize how bad it was. There was just one fire engine in the whole state of Alaska in the Forest Service, and that was in the Chugash Forest. So we oh. ran this little engine out there. You know, it was just like it was like it looked like a green tow truck. They wouldn't even let us put emergency <laughs> lights on. I couldn't even know. You had to put these old, you know, like the like the tow trucks have those yellow flashing lights. That's yeah. that's all we could get. The state wouldn't allow us to put. So one time we we had our lights on going to this fire, and no one was pulling over and, and i remember i run into this guy later at, at in crown point this little community that lived by us i'm like how come you guys never pulled over in that bus he's like well i just thought you guys were a tow truck i'm like yeah it was a fire truck he's like there's a you guys got a fire truck they have a fire truck up here <laughs> uh, yeah occasionally 
so <laughs> only devil. amber lights, no red lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was only, oh, I, wonder, no. I don't know if that's shit. But no. now it's like with all the federal money they pour into firefighting because, uh, you know, everything is happening. Everything's burning. Yeah. But that was my first lesson in climate change, too, because my other job as a, you know, just working for the Forest Service, not being a type one firefighter, but just like working on the district was all we did was when we weren't fighting fires was just cutting down dead standing trees because the Sitka spruce were infested with spruce bark beetle larvae because the average mean temperatures were rising in the springtime. Green up was happening quicker and the larvae could gestate earlier as well. Sure. So now it's like all these people built their little dream houses like up on the Sterling Highway and Homer and up in, up in Seward. They built them up in these like box canyons, which they tell you never to do in, in, in urban wildland fire because you're essentially putting your house in a nice chimney. You know, you have like... You put it way up in a box canyon with steep walls on either yes. side. That fire comes in, it just acts like a, a chimney flue, yeah. right? And your house goes right up with it. And access and egress, forget it, because you can get an engine in there, but then you got to back it out when there's a fire. Mm. It's like, that's a disaster. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then we set off a blaze in 2001 on the district, and the fire management officer, whose job is to like try to predict the weather, figured, well, okay, you know, we're in a drought season, but we're supposed to have this big low front coming with rain, which is typical in June after green up, and it never came. And we already went and started this blaze, like a 10,000-acre blaze, a control burn. You know, you try right. to control your – and it just totally – we totally got out of our control. It was an oh. uncontrolled blaze, yeah. Yeah, it started spotting over us. We you'd, you'd set up like a hose line because we were sitting on this big lake, and then, you know, you, you run the fire line up the, up the draw between these two ridges. It's kind of your – your boundary but the fire just would spot over that and then it just took off behind us so we just had to leave all these hose lays and tools and just beat feet out of there and the next couple of days it was like a 20,000 acre blaze they they shut down the Seward Highway they had to no one could get up to Anchorage from Seward because it was all cut off and that was all all dead standing Sitka spruce because so what between firefighting and fishing, when 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 was jitters? Now I'm, yeah, I'm getting lost. Here. Yeah, that's, that's my question too. Jitters and I, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine the person you just described going. You know, I'm just gonna. I just want to make espresso for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like, and just, massage therapy for a little bit. Yeah, it's true. I did oh, that for a little bit. That. You know, and then I just that that bite, I, Alaska kept calling back. You know, I just wanted yeah. to go back and. Yeah, you're traveling the world, and me and Gary went to San Francisco to the first coffee convention yes we did i forgot oh, about that that was yeah. really that was fun that was, was a blast i've never been to san francisco yeah. and yeah for sure what, what year yeah. was that what, what must was have that been like 98 yeah 98 99 maybe 99 yeah, maybe 99 i mean it would have been before yeah you i started think it was 98 years. probably yeah i i don't recall i, I remember doing it but i don't remember what year it i didn't know where to that. stay in san francisco and apparently i stayed right on the right on an interesting corner <laughs> yeah it was like Chinatown this way, red light district this way, <laughs> North Beach this way, and actually I wouldn't change it. That's that was a happening was, little corner. Yeah, I was thinking you get the culture. <laughs> mm -hmm. I had a blast. We had a it was fun. good time. It was fun. Yeah, I, I remember you going to the out. Stinking Rose. Yes, you're right. <laughs> How long did you guys actually spend there for the for, convention? Just say, five days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would say. So you got you got around a little. Oh bit yeah, too. we yeah. did. Yeah, you had free time to time. explore. Yeah. yeah, and we did. <laughs> <laughs> and then what do you do at our coffee festival? Yeah, yeah. Or it was convention. mostly vendors yeah. that you know, uh, like equipment and coffees. Uh -huh. you I know, was really like excited because I was planning on opening mm. this place. Yes, and so yeah. I, I, w I was like 
like syrups, like Monin syrups yep. is what we use Tur- here, but yeah. they had like 30 kinds of syrup. So it's like I'd try like 30, <clears throat> 28 Wait, terrible vanilla syrups in two. <laughs> you had the 1983. 1883. 1883. And that was pretty yeah. good. And then and I, I like the Monin a little better, so we, and we still have that. And then we were looking at machines, Chimbley, Nuvo <laughs> Simonelli, Ranchilio, you know, so it's like. I was looking at grinders, like, hmm, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we had European roastery coffee when I first opened for quite a few years. Oh, I drank a lot of espresso, you know, oh, Lavazza, Ely, you know, yep. Crossroads, yep. all these, you know, Allegro. In this, in in the 90s, coffee was so different. I think it was all very, all dark, French roast. French oh, roast Gary's was a thing. French roast guy. Yes. He's a nine, nine. 10 cup French roast kind of guy back that, then. Oh, it was more than that. <laughs> like a dozen cups a day, <laughs> you know. You, you were the first uh, person jitters to to bring in a commercial venue iced coffee to Duluth. I Not remember that. Coffee, what, cold, cold press. press. Cold right? press. Yeah, that was, was, so that was a cold huge press was thing, it jitters. Man. It was, yeah. and you bought the toddy. Yeah, that the toddy. Yeah. Espresso I was so super up. concentrated. I was just like, wow, <laughs> this is this is like the second invention of fire. Or Do you guys remember the first day you made it, I came to work and you go like, got to try this new <laughs> and and I was I, I, I missed the memo where it's the same strength as espresso. <laughs> yeah. And oh, I just yeah. poured a whole glass <laughs> of it, like a whole pint. Yeah, you of, drank like, like a whole pint. And I was like, drank the whole just... thing. And you're just like, oh, no, no, it's, it's concentrated. <laughs> I was like, ah, <laughs> peel Jason <laughs> off the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, last thing Jason needs is a... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it, that, oh, wow. that was amazing. That was that was. Cold, that was the first cold press. Yeah, yep. it was the first cold press. That was, how'd you wow. find that? I, you know, I was thinking about when you brought that up, I was trying to remember it had, you know, to be honest, I think it was an employee, but I don't remember whom, had mentioned cold press espresso, but I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Okay. If it, Eli, maybe? Maybe Eli. Could have been, yeah, been Eli. Could have been, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. it was amazing. No, no one else had it. No, no one else, else had it. it. No. That was it. And so when no. people come in and order it, they're like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah, nice coffee. We'd nice always coffee. warn them. It's like, you know, you don't need a lot. This stuff is concentrated. <laughs> <laughs> if you, it packs a wall. If you only knew how many... How, how many pounds of coffee it takes to make you? You know, like yeah. in the corner. Yeah, yeah too much. Yeah. You take a whole pound of oh. espresso and yes. grind it, and you yeah. soak it for 24 hours, and then you have to let it slowly filter through this really fiber. It was a fiber, fiber puck thing, and it puck, would take yeah. forever. And it would pour this little decanter out of oh a whole. Oh my gosh! You, you put a whole pound of coffee and get like a little craft yeah. of this super concentrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super caffeinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, so good. just going through the process of making it shows you how yeah. powerful that's. I was is, totally ripped up that day. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys did it on purpose too. <laughs> Might have. That could have been. <laughs> Let's see if he'll <laughs> drink a whole. You glass. made it so easy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but the beauty of cold press, you know, one of the selling points, other than fa- fabulous flavor, was uh, low acidity because yeah, right. the cold so does smooth. not the cold water does not extract the acid from the uh, ground beans. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know very acid free. Yeah, so that was another. It's, yeah, it's, it was it was like gold. So we called smart. it liquid gold. I called it liquid gold. I don't know anyone else did. But, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, now you know you just take it for granted. You go to any coffee shop and there's an expectation it. you have it. But well, I mean, man, back then mm-hmm. nobody had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so another great memory of jitters and bringing it back to browsers. The, oh, the juice yeah. bar is so Gary would always do these little 
radishes and cut them like little roses, roses. <laughs> but no one ever ate them oh, that, no that so me and corn would in. eat like yeah. 20 radishes a day because oh, yeah. we just like scavengers we just like <laughs> eat yeah. leftover sandwiches oh it was great we'd, we'd have like nine leftover sandwiches and we'd bring them home and oh, i got yes. so sick of like soggy leftover soggy sandwiches but we would wraps. still do it because it was free <laughs> but one day we saved up like a whole bucket of radishes that no one ate and we went to the browsers down the street and asked him if they'd juice them for us. Oh, no way. I remember that? Right. And then we had to <laughs> yes. mix it with carrot juice. Yeah, so we had we carrot mixed radish with... juice. Oh. And we got like a, each got like a whole glass of so fantastic. spicy. It was oh. very, and it was, it was very like horseradish. Yeah, it was like basically drinking spicy. a glass of ju- juiced horseradish. <laughs> 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 like drinking liquid <laughs> wasabi sauce. And it wasn't and delicious? We drank it. Well, you did. But I also now think about food safety. And now I'm like, wow, we took a radish off everyone's plate and brought it to another restaurant and had them juice it. <laughs> I didn't remember well, that you can't do post-COVID. Uh, it seems like you two kind of just, like, stumbled into coffee, honestly. Yes. But you, Jason, were kind of seeking it out. Yes. And so yes. how soon into working at Jitters were you are, were you thinking about opening your own before. shop? Or was it even before? And, like, was this just kind of part of that yeah like before like when when i did the interview with gary mm-hmm. which i was bombing on all my other coffee <laughs> interviews terribly because <laughs> i was honest to him like i want to open a coffee house and they're yeah like, no no sorry keep moving i applied at alicap they're like you're gonna open a coffee house we'll sell you coffee i'm like oh yeah and gary i'm like i want to open a coffee house like hmm, okay well you know he assured <laughs> me and that was that was the the deal breaker for me as far as hiring him he assured me that when he did open a coffee shop that it would not be anywhere in direct competition with jitters. Mm. And, you know, over the years, I mean, I've talked to several entrepreneurs that were opening up coffee shops in the Duluth area. And Jason was my first. And I was always happy to share my story, you know, as to how jitters came about, what works, what doesn't work. You know, if you're not going to open up two blocks away from me, fine. I'm not worried. You know, it's a big market. You know, so, and coffee is kind of a niche market. I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's not like people are going to drive five miles out of the way just to go to Jitters. No, they're not, you know, but if it's on their way to work, they'll be there. Yeah. Well, but you went above and beyond too, though. Well, one, you hired me knowing I'm going to do a coffee house someday. But two, when I, I was doing my projections for my business plan, it's like, how many cups of coffee are you going to sell a day? How many sandwiches? It's like, and I'm like, I don't even know. And Gary's like, well, just look at these numbers. There's this till printout says how many we did in a day. And I'd be like, really? So it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. So today, so then I had this idea. It's like, okay, if it's this busy of a day, we did this much. Oh, okay. And so it made my projections like real. In, instead of, you know, because when you're making a business plan, you've never done it. Right. You know, you have no idea. And so, you know, for Gary to let me, like, understand that knowledge was super, right. su- super helpful. And unlike Jason, you know, he did more of his homework before opening up at that time Beaners. Me, I was literally, literally flying by the seat of my pants. I mean, I didn't know, the, other than the, a passion for coffee for myself, I knew nothing about a coffee shop. And even my vendors where I like, I bought my espresso machine and coffee makers and all that kind of stuff. I can't remember his name. They were from the Twin Cities. He came up and he was up there, the guy that did all the sale, selling to me. He Probably was there. espresso services. It was espresso yeah. services. Thank you. Because they'd sell Chimbley. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was up there for the first 
think two days. I think he was there two days uh, just to get the place up and running or mm. give me some moral support, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I really – I didn't know anything about the business. Well, but it worked. Well, yeah, mean, it worked. It, it, worked. Was a, it was a great place, and, yeah, it was a joy to, to, to work yeah. in and had a great community of people. Absolutely. Yeah, really the camaraderie in that, in that place. I mean, that was my social life. You know, I had yeah. – with all the hours that I worked, I didn't have time to do anything else. You yeah. just worked yeah. – ate and slept and literally that's all you did but so all the individuals all the customers and employees too you know they became my best friends Aww. you know literally i mean that's even to this place. day you know most of my closest friends are people from that era mm-hmm. you know so and i still see a bunch of the regulars that come in here now you know yeah just it's, yeah. it's really like michelle michelle was upstairs. michelle was upstairs yeah. right and i always know when someone's from jitters days because you made me a name tag and it said J J A Y, and no one so had the, ever called me J my whole life. It was always, it was Jason. always Jason. So <laughs> there's this like this two year period where if you call me J, and I still you know, I would, it's, and it's back from and jitters. And I still slip a tongue. I'll still call him J because I think I don't care. Yeah, I, I know. I, I just like, funny. I don't, remember, I, I don't even know what I call you. You know, I have a lot of names for you. But I love you know, though most, that you most made of a name nice. tag though. It's like a, <laughs> I got my name tag. I don't know how I. You know, I love that. The, the, well, the same sun thing got cor- cut off or something. Oh yeah, did you spell Corn's name wrong? Well, I I think yours is. Yeah, I think you spelled it right, actually. Just, but it was Corey. I mean, that's what I. Oh yeah, you probably instead of Corn. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we got now anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got my got my brief. Well, to be fair, that's what I went by back then because I always got so much shit for my actual name when I was a kid. I just changed it to Corey, and then yeah, and then when people said Corin was cool, I went back to that. <laughs> that explains it. I often wondered about that <laughs> when Corin was cool. Yeah, yeah. when Corin was cool. Back when I get into my thirties. <laughs> All right, I'll just go with that name then. Oh my God, was the end of it just retirement or? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> that's, 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 so at the time that I wanted to, I really didn't want to get out of the business quite that soon, but there were some factors in the equation that made the choice for me very clear. And first and foremost was the projected start of the three-year construction, reconstruction of Superior Street. And knowing that that block was going to be closed for a good amount of time and there was no other access other than on Superior Street that could easily be a death sentence for a small business like that. So when that I knew was going to happen, I started looking for a buyer. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another. And then, the, you know, I sold it to the owner of the building. And um, Superior Street construction got postponed like one or two years, I think. it was. I think it was two seasons that That's it got right. postponed. Had I known, I would have probably hung in there a little bit longer, but I was having trouble negotiating a new lease and i just thought you know this is an opportunity time to walk away yeah mm-hmm. smart so yeah yeah i was sad though when i came there and it wasn't there anymore because i'd always i could always come home in summer and find jitters there. yeah <laughs> did you shed a couple of tears did, did you I really did. oh i wish i'd been there i could have given you a hug i know i really need, <laughs> I need, really needed one then gary since gotten over it <laughs> See, seeing Gary in his shorts gardening at your house was enough to heal the wound. Yeah, that was that was, yeah, it was just coincidental that. Yeah, that was good. We happened I, to be outside. I, I actually never had seen your house. I'd always heard about where you guys live, but I never. You, you never know, came to one of my parties. I don't think so. And you guys have been parties. there for years, right? I've been I've been there now for twenty four yeah, years, something thought, like yeah, that. Twenty four years. 
yeah. since I was, yeah, I did her as well. Because yeah. that's one of the things I did on an annual basis. I would throw my favorite, and still is. I haven't done this for several years now, but is a Halloween party, uh-huh. and it was basically for uh, Jitter's patrons, and it was kind of a gratuity thing, mm. just for their patronage, you know. But that was always the best fit for a party was Halloween. Oh, fun. you know, because all the other major holidays. Oh, we're busy. We're going to be out of town. Blah yeah, blah blah. blah. Everybody sure. stays in town for Halloween. Yeah. So. Right, so but you never made it to one of those. I, I don't recall you were probably I, I never did either. No, because I was you never were invited. Yeah, I would never have I know. been around. Corin, uh, Corin was not. I mean, he was out of the picture. I you were out of the country. Out, right, I'd yeah. only be around in the summer. Nicaragua yeah, so. or Let's wherever. Let's have a quick list of where you went. I was trying to think of it. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so you you came from you were in Alaska. You mm-hmm. came back. You became yep. a massage therapist. And mm-hmm. slept at my house for a while because you were yep. tired of sleeping in the biffy. <laughs> and <laughs> true story, I only made it a night though, just for the record, <laughs> on a biffy on Park Point. And just so you know, they make the they make the toilet slanted, so it's hard for people to sleep on there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, no. so then you're a massage therapist, barista for a little bit, then a firefighter. Yeah. And then you went to the Arctic Circle. Or gamble. Yeah, then I then I uh, then we went to China for a year, Carrie and I. And yeah. then you came back and lived with me again. Yes. And yeah. then Corin's yeah. wife, Carrie, yep. tra- we traded rent for helping film the very ah. uh, the number two one week live with Trampled by oh. Turtles and oh, and wow. uh, so it was her and uh, and and your friend Dan Fitzpatrick, Fitty, oh, and was... and Carrie and and two camera angles and they filmed the whole one week live and, and that then, was when Tra- Trample by Turtles kind of debuted was that yep was, they were on yep Trample by Turtles and way, and Haley two, Bonner that's two thousand and two right something like that yeah yeah it would maybe two thousand and three right around there yep yeah it was oh. and then we oh no two thousand three yeah that's yep, when we came back yep. so that's when they de- kind of. Well, it was a debut of theirs, not the debut. But. So you lived in our basement for yeah. some months. And yeah, and then she went off to Seattle, and then I, I went. Yeah, that's when I went up to Canada to, to just to volunteer for Frontiers Foundation. We worked in a like uh, it was an old boarding school that was then uh, an, uh, like a middle elementary school. It was in a native community in Inuvik way up in like latitude sixty six or. Way know. up there, <laughs> yeah. Where you, oh, where when you mountain bike to work, you, your gears freeze up. And... Yeah. Oh yeah, you can't even. I I remember that. That's the coldest I've ever been. Was cross country skiing at night in like November in Anuvik, and I remember they had one little. You know, it was a one was a one stoplight town. I mean, there was probably like a thousand people that lived there, and I remember going by that the the bank that had the digital readout. And it was minus fifty five. <laughs> Oh, air, actual air temperature. Air temperature, oh. yeah, not with the wind. And I remember coming back home and, and the naga hide of my ski boots, it just spider webbed. It just like cracked. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it was like, oh. you know, to me, I, my, everything after minus 30 is all relativity. It kind of feels the same as long as yes. you're, you know, moving, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. It was, so then was, you left the Arctic and then where'd you go? Yeah, then, we, then I went to Seattle and I went back to school and. Yeah, I got my ed- education certificate, and then we went up north to go to Alaska to teach up there for a few years. And then what, how'd you get—then you were in—so after Ch- China, yeah, Arctic, and then, yeah, then you were in Kazakhstan. Yeah, then, then we came back here. Yeah, and I, I worked for a year. I just subbed in the school district here, and then we we went overseas. Yeah, then we went to Kazakhstan for two years, and then Saudi, Saudi, Arabia. Saudi Arabia, and then Nicaragua, and then— Philippines, okay. yeah. Philippines, yeah. Where were you the longest? Nicaragua? No, the Philippines. We oh, just finished five years. We got years stuck there. there in COVID. Yeah, we got stuck oh, there. Yeah. Okay. I, right. I, I always tell people I stayed three years too long. I, I meant to leave after two years. And 
<laughs> Whoops. No, that was great. Exactly. We wouldn't have our, our baby girl today if it wasn't for there. So. Oh, there you go. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Something so. good comes out of everything. Oh, yeah, it did. No. And the Philippines, to be fair, is beautiful. It's, it's you just, just living in the urban areas is tough because it, the infrastructure is abysmal and there's it's just tons of corruption. And, yeah, it's just really – that's difficult. But once you get out into the islands, it's stunning, yeah. Even with a drunken boat captain? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God, I know. Oh, the <laughs> National Marine Ferry and the the pilots up in the, you know, the pilot with all his buddies, and they've got rum on the counter of the pilot house, and they're getting drunk on the boat. <laughs> not, like, wasted drunk. Oh. And then the guy comes outside, and, of course, I'm, it's, it's, it's just me and my wife, the only white people in the boat, and he's like, hey, you guys want a couple of shots? I'm like, no, if you could just drive us there safely, yeah. that would be great. <laughs> That'd be We're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> You could just get us there. And no, they didn't. They got it. We got there two hours late. So the guy that was supposed to pick us up and bring us to where we were staying took off because oh, no. they got sick of waiting for us because oh, no. these guys were late. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. This is why I didn't want to go to Papua New Guinea. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to talk him into that. Well, yeah. That would have been even a, a really bad idea. Yeah. That would have <laughs> I know we could go to Papua New Guinea and then not afford to get out of Port Morrisby and be stuck there in like the most dangerous city in the world. <laughs> standing out like an ultra sore thumb. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Here, kidnap me. Uh, Ransom material right here. <laughs> So after after going up up north you in the cold you you seem to have gravitated yeah. towards warmer temperatures and so I'm just curious what's yeah. the hottest then you've had to deal oh, with Oh Saudi Arabia fit, well it was 53 Celsius so Fahrenheit is like 130 or something Ooh. yeah Well what about area oh, wow. 51 that was hot. Area 51. <laughs> Very hot in Area 51. <laughs> well, to be fair, that was in Rachel. I was Rachel. on that one road that's not on the map, the access road to Area 51. But was I technically in Area 51? No, I wasn't. <laughs> the, the sheriff of Lincoln County would tell you. They get so mad because you got these, you know, the, the private security goon squad that works for the Air Force that guards the stuff. And they pulled me over because my, well, it wasn't hard to pull me over because my car is already stuck. <laughs> I went out into this like gravel wash and then stole a sign that said military installation don't enter. And I had that like all buried in my car. And the, the goon squad comes up, you know, and they got assault rifles in their car and they ask me why I'm here and can they search the car. I'm like, oh, can't search the car, you know. So they're like, well, we're going to have to call the sheriff of Lincoln County. You know, that's what they always do. They just put it off in that. And that guy, I mean, he was something right out of central casting, you know, from the Dukes of Hazard. this guy. He was pissed. I mean, he was, like, really pissed. Granted, it was, like, you know, 2 in the morning, you know, Monday or something. But, oh, man. He told me if I wow. ever came back, he'd be like, yep, wow. we're going to throw you in jail. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but now it's no fun anymore because Obama came out and they're just like, yeah, Era 51 exists, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no more taboo. That was yeah, back in the good old days. Where'd the sign go? Yeah, it's at uh, Fadine Amy's. You want I was, was going to say, it Come was at my house for a bit. Yeah, they still they have it in uh, Aiden's bedroom. So he comes in, it's got this huge, rusty oh my God. sign wow. that says, you know, warning military installation. <laughs> $5,000 fine. <laughs> but of course, adjusted for a price of inflation. Well, it's probably yeah. More than yeah. Now. <laughs> that was 20 years ago. 5000 would get you a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, wow. You've led a fascinating life so far. Oh, yeah, boy. Got so much more to go. I've got to bring my kid down there. Bring my kid the down there. Area 51? 
<laughs> well, yeah, well, they, I no. mean, they, they did kind of actually confirm the aliens recently. They there's some holy tes- buckets, there was some I, testimony you, about like I know, yeah, and they, they, you know the defense department's all like, okay, let's just come clean here and be like, we don't know what it is, you know. Yeah, I find just, that really interesting. And then everyone's like, oh, neat. Okay, anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, and I'm, I also meant to ask too. Uh, what have, what do you teach? I, I just teach uh, English and history. Oh, okay. I think that's what my license says on it. But yeah, so you just <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back to what that says, you know. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, history, English, mostly English. That's what you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really enjoy it. I, I still love teaching. It'll be fun to be back in the U.S. and teach. Mm. Yeah. Which mm. may be at an international school, actually. So <laughs> I know, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun now to be a teacher and to be a parent, too, because I look forward to passing it on to my child, trying oh, to give yeah. her a love for the humanities in an age mm. that doesn't embrace the humanities like it did when I went to school. Mm. Good luck. You know, th- yeah, this, yeah, this is my soapbox. It's it's official. The New Yorker came out and wrote an article called The, the Death of the English Major. Yeah. yeah. This AI kind of, invasion. Well, that and just, you know, the emphasis uh, on post-secondary education on uh, STEMs. You know, everyone wants their kids to, which rightly so. As a parent, I understand you want your kid to go to college and really get something out of it. And people have that fear, you know, the, the taint of humanity won't, you know, give you a competitive edge in life. Uh, and everyone wants their son or daughter to be a technocrat, you know, and... Uh, the humanity supposedly doesn't allow for that, so all the budgets and you know the college and universities are shrunk, shrunk mm. down in the under the the weight of the STEMs focus. Mm. So it's your job now as an English teacher to try to sell kids on how you know humanities is important for STEMs. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's what it's become. <clears throat> yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, that sounds kind of normal. I mean, it, it is. No, it's it's that's football the world always we live wins in. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel like I got a lot out of my theater degree, actually, in the end. And so it's, I think it's a shame that there's not as much of an emphasis on those, these kind of liberal arts kind of No, absolutely, kind of right. I, I, yeah, I mean, can, can there be a balance out there? I mean, should, should you know, I mean, I, I think what the New Yorker is saying with the death of the English major is they want to even strip down, like, you know, core requirements. Do, ju- mm-hmm. should, should we make kids take, you know, li- uh, a literature class, for yeah. example? Okay, mm-hmm. sure, they have to art take fresh or... art history. Yeah. Yeah. Should, mm-hmm. should they be given those opportunities or should they be able to fast track through almost like a more vocational or, or technical experience? And while I understand that, I, I do think that we have to, for God's sake, keep humanities out there. I mean... Talking about humanities here, people. Yeah. In the name. Yeah, you're, you're. Right? it's in the name, I know. Yeah. But I mean, even as a teacher, I mean it's 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 it is a bit underwhelming sometimes when, you know, it seems like your job gets more and more technocratic and you spend so much time trying to, you know, teach to the individual that uh, you know, you yourself tend to get a little burnt out, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I've read less in my professional experience in the last few years, you know, just for read less personally than I ever had, you know. I don't know if that's just how it is now. or But that's why having some time off is great because I really miss reading. Oh, yeah. yeah, just reading and for biking. joy. Oh, yeah, and, yeah biking. and biking. I know, it's so great to be back and just get to bike around. Do you remember? Well, we all used to bike to Jitters. <laughs> yes. One day I showed up all full of blood that day, remember? Oh, you had a major <laughs> wipeout. I remember oh, that. I remember. Yeah, oh, you man. had a really bad. You How'd were that really... happen? I don't remember what. It was like spring and there was all the gravel and I was like late, of course, and probably <laughs> yeah, a little hungover maybe. <laughs> going super fast and take a corner all gravel and skid it across two lanes of traffic and this 
really old retired guy came out and said, hey, you need to sit down. I'm like, well, I got to get to work. He's like, you got strawberries all over. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I looked down and then I almost passed out. I was like, ah, I'm going to die. <laughs> where, where was <laughs> the accident? Where did your wife Right out? in front of the house. Oh, it's oh like yeah. just wow. leaving my house in the it morning. just leaving your house. Yeah. So like on, on 8th and, and uh, 19th. Yeah, right on 11th and 9th. Or 11th, and, sorry, yeah. Know, not stopping at the stop sign, going as fast as I can. Yeah, and then skidding out. <laughs> skidding across, and right oh. in front of the bus stop. They yeah, you had a huge... Min- oh, that was a question. Yeah, how, many, how, many, how many times have you guys almost died, slash how many times oh, have you yeah. saved someone? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Brushes with death. Wow. Brushes with death, yeah. You mean I, just in general, huh? Yeah. I... <laughs> Go ahead, Gary. I mean, I can't think of a single thing that I did. That I was always a very cautious... Thank you, Mom and Dad. That's probably why I'm still here today. <laughs> you know, very cautious. You know, thought things through first. I didn't do things just haphazard or off the cuff or, you know, without thinking it through. I mean, and except there for the wasn't coffee a, house. Except, well, well, that was yeah, that wasn't ever life threatening, but uh, it was a risk, but a calculated risk. But physical harm, no, no. I never had anything. What about saving someone? Same thing there. No? No, no, no. I'm not. I have a lot of very vanilla life. Sorry. <laughs> you ever saved anybody? No, I can't say I ever Spiritually did. or otherwise. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that might be a, from that angle, possibly. possibly you know. I knew it. I knew it. You saved someone, I think. Yeah, really, what, you fight a shark or something, probably? Yeah, no, I just, I... We, we tried to save a kid who drowned, but he died. Oh, shut oh. up. Yeah, that was in Nicaragua. Really? Oh, no. That really opened my eyes to how, well, number one, if you're in a third world country, don't expect, you know, good emergency services. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in a volcanic caldera, you know, like a deep Not where we went swimming. Oh, yeah, that was it. That was, ah. that was Laguna Pollo, yeah. But it was at another resort, but same thing. And we were just sitting up watching these kids all swimming. It was a group. They had just been there for Habitat for Humanity. It was their last day in country, Ooh. and they were going back to Sonoma, California. He had just graduated from high school. He was like captain of the swim team. I looked up his stuff later. He, you know, he was like homecoming king, like a super popular kid. He was with a group on Habitat for Humanity. They they came to celebrate the last day. They were there swimming. And I remember they're all sitting around the floating dock out in the, you know, in the lake, the lagoon, right? And it's Mm. a beautiful, deep, I mean, it it can go from, you know, the shore to 100 feet and just a few meters. And it's very deep. But they were just hanging out by the swimming dock, like maybe like practicing holding their breath because I remember some kids were hanging around going underwater and coming back up. And I remember commenting like, what a nice group of kids. Like they weren't too rowdy. They weren't doing anything crazy, right? I mean, holding your breath. I mean, we've all done that in the water. And, uh, you know, a few minutes later, someone was shouting like, help, help. And so we jumped in and swam around. I think we had been looking for him for maybe six, seven, ten minutes. And then finally he he had no body fat. He's very athletic. And so he... He was he was down probably like ten feet underwater before we got him and then got him up on the dock and we got a pulse and we breathed for him but I mean we we had to do that for like an hour before even mm. anybody came to get him and then by the time they did I mean he you know he he clinically was alive or I mean yeah clinically he was alive he had a, a heartbeat but he just his he had no brain activity no that's that's a sad reality and same in the Philippines yeah. people drown all the time and no you know eh, and the emergency services are limited so. Yeah. Mm. 
I thought you saved someone in the riptide one time. Well, that was Carrie, yeah. Do you know uh, why they have all that red, all the red flag stuff in oh, Park Point? That that was like August seventeenth or eighteenth, two thousand and three. So that was twenty years ago to the day that they created that system, and it was that day that Carrie almost that I I got really? her out of the water. Yeah, we had been out swimming, and I, I remember. We had commented the summer before about how, wow, you can really, you know, there wasn't such a concept of riptides. And people just said, oh, it was a wavy day. And I kept yeah. trying to swim in and it would pull me out a little bit. And it was a little bit uncomfortable because I was always over my head and I kind of had to swim around to get out of it. And we were out swimming. It was a beautiful wavy day like yesterday mm -hmm. and on. I was well ahead of her in the surf, way over my head, and I, I just saw the back of her. She was bobbing. It looked like she was having a fun time, but, you know, you can't hear anything. And I, I went up to just kind of playfully grab her, and she let out this blood-curdling scream, and she was just barely treading water. Like, she was over her Whoa. head and had been swallowing water, and I was trying to grab her. And finally, I, you know, we were waving to our friends who came out, and we got her and got her out of the riptide. But, she, you know, I got her in, and, and we had to, like, roll over on her side and get water out of her and, you know— she never was unconscious, but she was really close. close. Yeah, mm. and that was the same day that that a kid drowned at that first lot, right down by the tot lot. That first beach, somebody drowned there, and the the sheriff's rescue came, and one of their guys they had to pull out because they were pulled out on a riptide too. Oh. Mm. Yeah, and and also up the North Shore, I don't remember where it was, but there was another incident there where. I don't know if anyone lost their life, but there was a near drowning there the same day. And that's when all this discussion came on about, hey, uh, we should probably talk about riptides and put up stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. What's, what's yeah. your almost dying? Almost dying? I mean, you know, it depends on who you talk to. I mean, I, if... <laughs> I mean, since it was just me and me and the bear, I mean, I would have said that if yeah, I felt like I was about to, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, oh, the polar bear. You in the who? No, this is This is before that. It was a brown bear. Oh, okay. Oh, so, yeah. oh <laughs> no, not that bear. Stories. The other bear. <laughs> that's Alaska. For, that's the other reason why I loved Alaska. I'd love living in a country where you could just find enormous animals that were, you know, could eat you. Yeah, could yeah. eat you. I, there's something awe inspiring about that, you know. But you know, I, I yeah, in uh, when I worked in Alaska Crossings, that was 2009. We did wilderness guiding for kids. You know, we'd go out. This is the only program that would go out for like. 50 days or so. I'd never been on a 50-day program. And that means they would, we would go from Wrangell Island in the southeast. They would boat us all the way up to Telegraph Creek in Canada, in British Columbia, and then float the lower Stickeen River back. Stickeen River is like the largest undammed navigable river in North America. It's huge, mm -hmm. right? It's like the Yukon, but it's, you know, you can actually navigate it on the lower half from Telegraph Creek. So we floated with these kids all the way down from like Cassiar Range back into back across the Canadian border. And on one of those trips, it was in, in the summer when all the bears come down because the berries are big in the in the coastal areas. And, you know, before you take these kids out, it's like a it's like a 50-day program, which means you're in you're in the bush for 50 days. You've got a cell phone. You can, you know, call for stuff. But, I mean, it's just three people, 10 kids. For 50 days. For 50 days. And then we wow. get resupplied, right? It's not like we're hunting for food or anything. We get all the food we want. They bring it, you know, they'll boat it to you or fly it into you. Or, but, I mean, we have to give the kids medications. If the kid has any kind of, of course, they all are. So, you know, these are behavioral issues. These are adjudicated kids. They came out of North Star Lockup in Anchorage. So oh, we had wow. suicide cases. We had, you know, assault cases. Cases, all this. I mean, some of the state's toughest kids. 
but uh, Alaska Island Services, which is run through one of the, I think it was the Clinkett uh, Corporation, they call it. Um, anyways, they, they had a great program. I mean, it was all funded through the state, and that's very rare, right, mm-hmm. in the U.S. So it's a great program for, you know, youth mental health services and wilderness guiding. And I thought, well, this sounds great. But when we took the kids out, you know, you give them this big, you know, bear aware talk, and they, you know, see videos or whatever and how to deal with it. And so this one girl was really worked up about it. She was really scared, you know. She hadn't really done a lot of camping. She grew up in Anchorage. And so our first day on program, we'd been out. And, and sure enough, on one of those islands, we saw a big old male brown bear, you know. And so she was really upset about that. But I, we said, well, look, we're going over to an adjacent island. The thing's not going to come over there. Don't worry about it. And we were, <laughs> we were there towards dusk. We finally get there. We set up. We we were making burritos for dinner. I remember it was so nice. We had the camp set up in the woods a, a little ways further. And one of the kids had to run off to use the latrine. And so she was, you know, I mean, this is just, it's in the Alexandria Archipelago. There's nothing out there, right? I mean, there's a few Forest Service, you know, remote sites and stuff. But it's all canoeing from island to island, sure. you know. So we, we were out there, and that girl went to latrine, and she let out a blood-curdling scream. So me and Adam, the, the one of the guys that were leading it, ran over there, and she was saying there, were, there was a big bear around that she just saw, and, and, and the latrine was about, like, maybe 50 yards away from where, you know, we had set up and stuff. So we went to camp thinking, well, this thing knows there's food now because, you know, it obviously we were cooking. And so we went up to this ridge line that, the camping that our camp was adjacent to and there was like a little bit you know the ridge and then a, a gorge that went down he was up on an adjacent ridge and I remember looking at this thing and you could just see its profile in the silhouette a little bit and I mean you know just a massive <laughs> massive brown big big brown bear probably 500 kilos I, I don't know, know. real wow. big you know wow. even even by the Alaska standards, a pretty big male, and he wasn't backing down. And all they give you on program is, you know, every organization has its different thing up there. You know, like um, the Forest Service, because you can carry firearms. You know, when I did firefighting, you you can, it's a firearm carrying position, so you can carry with you like a you know Magnum three a Winchester three hundred mag with you know big Holland and Holland rounds in it, which has got stopping power, but it's like you'd have to engage a bear. To, you know, it's not like having a shotgun. It's like you, it's more for a distance thing. So I never was c- comfortable carrying those anyways because who knows if that would ever pay off. Because mm-hmm. most encounters with bears are within like 50 meters, right, or less. You know, it's, a, it's a surprise kind of encounter, and they don't like to be surprised. But this thing had obviously associated us with food, and the program only gives you, you can't carry, a, it's not a firearm position because you got kids, and we don't want the kids' access to firearms. So they just give you these glorified fireworks. It's like a, it looks like a flare gun. It's basically a flare gun, and they put like a big whistling bottle cap flare thing on it you can shoot. But to do it, you have to put in the primer. It's not its own. Oh, no. So you got to put the primer in and then load the thing. So imagine when you're looking at this, thing that's within less than 30 meters away and it's on the other end of a ridge and it all it's got to do is come down and it's just and we're banging pots and yelling and it's just sitting there like a gigantic log and it's not moving and then finally you know you try to get the primer in there my hand shaking and the primer falls out and then i finally put it in you know and shoot like two of those things i had to shoot like two of those things at it to to get it to back off you know it wasn't wow and then it finally just loped off and but they're real quiet. You know, you'd think those things would make a lot of footfall or woods or brush, but it's so. it's like, a, yeah, they, they move pretty quiet. <laughs> I had two sneak up on me once. Oh, uh, what? Two. I had two sneak up. Well, uh, uh, which, brown bear yeah. or black bear? I'm not, well, it's this thing. I'm not sure because I was in my tent. 
Where was it? It was weirdly enough not too far away from a uh, casino in the Apostle Islands area. That'd be Black oh, yeah. Bear. Um, yeah, Black yeah for sure. Yeah, but they, you know what? More, more f- like fatalities in Alaska are from Black Bear, not Brown Bear encounters. Really? Yeah. Really? That's surprising. Black bears are really aggressive. Yeah. Really? Well, in, and they're just more Alaska. numerous. In yeah. Alaska. 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 I mean, there's Black way more Black Bears than Brown Bears. I mean, they're everywhere. You Why are they? Much... No. You don't hear that. Well kept Why? secret, yeah. Well kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> what they don't want you to know in Alaska. <laughs> I mean, I, to me, it makes sense because you, you, I mean, look at how aggressive they are here. You know, they're they're pretty wily. All the but bo- you had an encounter chips. with two of them, the yeah. Apostle Island, and all they all they did was just eat our eat the chips that. Uh, oh sure, I, it was. But uh, they ran you out of camp. Then you had to like back up and just let it do its thing. Well, right? I <laughs> well, Molly and I were trying to sleep, and I heard some sort of. Well, I thought it was just drunk people walking around because there was a. <laughs> Which bears often mimic the you know well, they, they mimic drunk. There, people there was an outhouse not too <laughs> far away from us, and there were there were already drunk people making a bunch of noise. We were trying to sleep, <laughs> and so I thought, oh, they're probably just. But then I heard kind of like a. <laughs> but that was also this is also my first time going camping. It's only a couple of years ago. Oh no! And so I kind of thought, oh, well, this must just happen when you go camping. That bears <laughs> are outside your tent, and it's just like, normal. Uh, yeah. So then I discovered I mentioned it the next morning that that's not normal. Uh, but I mean, luckily nothing happened. They had, ate the chips, uh, walked away. Yeah, sure. Found wow. something else well, to do. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, to be fair, if they get what they want, they'll they'll be just fine. Yeah, and, 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 and you don't challenge them, they'll probably just yeah go away. And, I know we're getting redundant with bears, but what about the polar bear story? Oh yeah, we got to hear about that. Oh yeah, yes. sure. Well, Gamble is you know 200 air miles from Nome, so if you if you're in Nome and you pretty much draw a straight line, you know you go to the international date line with Russia. Gamble's almost right there. Gamble's like within a few kilometers of the international date line, so it's just a big island that sits right out in the Bering Sea. Okay, and it. It's at the very southern limit of the polar bear, of the Chukchi migration. There's a polar bear group that migrates back and forth between like the Russian Far East and then and then the U.S. side, like up by the Seward Peninsula, which would be like Wales. There's a little community there, and then there's then there's Gamble, us a little further out, the Diomedes also. That same pack of bears just rolls back and forth because it's such a short distance on the pack ice, right? In the summertime, I mean, you wouldn't see them because there's no pack ice, but as soon as, you know, October, November, and the pack ice comes in, it starts to close in with the island, those bears will come in on the island. And as every good Inuit, you know, community knows up there, they always put the, they always put the, the dump as like on the, windward side to, to get the bears mm. on there as a kind of a distraction some people argue well they're baiting bears so they can shoot them that may be either way when you're living in a remote community with a few hundred people <laughs> and on the you know there's a migrating pack of polar bears it probably is not bad practice to keep your dump kind of on the windward side you know so they'll just hang out there the problem is it's also one of like just 11 federally recognized whaling communities that actually they butcher the whales on site in the village oh, wow. so imagine what happens in april when they catch these 40 50 ton whales and then the carcass sits there in the community i mean that's a giant polar bear magnet so they just come in and feast on those things too but this this was uh yeah so this was uh this was around april they had just gotten a juvenile bowhead whale which is like it was small it was like 20 tons or something yeah this was small yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. tiny Right, yeah. so they butchered that, and that was sitting right up because our the old teachers' housing was the old uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs school, which sits on the Northwest Cape, which faces the Far East. So on a on a clear day, you can see the Anadir Peninsula, and that's kind of their little route, you know, on the fast ice. So in April, when the ice is broken up, they they can still migrate some of those ice flows if they smell those carcasses. So there's a big carcass sitting 
you know, right outside there beyond the dump. And then they'll usually come in on the windward side. So they'll go through the dump first and then try to get over to the carcass, which is in the village itself. And I, I and whenever we, you know, they don't have garbage services there. You got to bring your own garbage to the dump. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so, you know, people would always tell you, well, it's April, it's whaling season. You know, it's likely there could be some bears popping around. Just keep your eyes open, whatever. And I, I remember taking the garbage out and, yeah, I was within like ten meters of the dump. You go over a little rise, and it flattens out on onto the almost onto the sea. Like they put these dumps on a sand spit, so it's all going into the sea, anyways. But sure. I mean, batteries, seal flippers, oh, you know, no. everything. It all goes right in. Yeah, and and wow, and, seal flippers. What's a seal flipper? The flipper and a seal. The flipper and a seal. Oh, just the part you can't eat them. Yeah, I guess not. Noise they yeah. Make. <laughs> yeah. They'll that was they, a bad yeah, imitation. Yeah, I right. got the point across. That was okay. You know, that was an okay imitation. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, there was a, there was a, a small, like a juvenile polar bear there. And they that thing had been standing on its hind legs. I, I You know, because you, you, you see something out there and you're like, well, it's all white on the horizon. And bears are pretty white, but they're also kind of yellowish. So I was like, no, that's a polar bear. And he's standing on his feet, like on his hind legs, because he was just sniffing. I don't mm. know what he was smelling, if it was the garbage or me, who knows, you know. But anyways, it hadn't been on its feet more than a few seconds. And it spun, It did the weirdest. It, I'm like, what is this thing doing? It's. It was before I heard the rifle shot. It, 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 already, it, it had hit the thing, and it had spun. They'd shot it. And so it had, like, spun around on its feet and then fell over. And they, yeah, and then they plugged it a few more times. I mean, these guys shot this thing within, like, I don't know. I was like maybe 20 meters, you know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a little too close for comfort. To me, it just felt like, yeah, they were baiting these things, you know. But, hey, who am I to, who am I to say? <laughs> <laughs> you just have to explain that in customs. <laughs> yeah, which I did because that same bear, they get, they their tradition is if someone, you know, is around when the bear shot, they get part of the take, too. So they oh. gave me, like, the hind flanks and the ribs, oh. and they oh were fantastic. God. And I had all this meat. And I, I had prepared it carefully. I put it in a cooler, made it all the way back to Juneau with my friends. We had a meal there of, you know, polar bear and whale. And I packaged all this stuff up, had it in a little Coleman cooler in my car, had it refrigerated, drove all the way back through Canada with this thing. No problems at all. And then I get through the, I, I come through the U.S. Customs in, in uh, International Falls. And I was <laughs> dumb enough to go through customs with like a polar bear like claw thing that was. Oh, oh that no. guy took one look at that and he's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Well, it's a finished piece. It's a cu-. pullover." And they just ripped the car apart, found all that meat in there, and confiscated it. Oh, yeah, they took it all. Sad. They're like, "What's this stuff?" I'm like, "Oh, it's just some deer meat." I got yeah. <laughs> some hamburger. Yeah, hamburger. I got it from Costco. Oh, don't, don't worry about it. No, no confiscated. Oh, it. oh, oh man. great story. Uh, that was a bummer. Well, I'm pushed for time. Yeah, right, and I also yeah. I, have, I have to pee. So we oh, are man, this has been up. a wild blast. It has. I don't know what the, the how this is going to turn out, but uh, that would be great. No, oh, that was it really was, fun. The it's reason, the reason, so. one of the main reasons I am doing what I'm doing now, and uh, the original crew, <laughs> yeah. some of the best times doing oh. the first round of coffee, and it was so yeah. fun to. It was fun. Yeah. It was a good ride. Coming. It was a great ride. To get sure corn was. in the country is hard enough. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's so much fun to be here with you guys. What a nice surprise, and to yeah. have everybody here is just really great. For Maybe sure. in ten years we'll do another one. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll do it. Mark it on my calendar. Well, that was really a joy. Thanks for. And the computer didn't crash. Yay. <laughs>